Hi, welcome to Review. You might be surprised we're back. Well, this is a special episode. This is a one-off thing we are doing. Um, we were planning to go on a summer hiatus, as we told you weeks ago. However, recent events have kind of forced our hand, and we feel like we had to do this particular episode. Anyway, I'm getting karaoke. I'm Alejandro de la Cedra. And I'm Haley Smilo. And we've got a show for you this week, as always. But before I even get into that, uh, how are y'all doing? Um, I don't know. It's been, uh, I think, I think part of me is physically tired, but I think it's like taking more of a toll on me, like emotionally. Uh, just uh, just because of, of what's happening um, and the injustices. But I think for me, it's like I don't want to be out of the loop on anything. So I'm kind of always constantly online. So it's like hard for me to disconnect. And so, sometimes I'm able to, but like I feel like it's always like running in the back of my head. Um, but yeah, it's just like the days, like, I, I mean, people like talk about like in quarantine, like, oh, like the days are mixing into each other. But I feel like it wasn't like that for me before, but now like the days are really like mixing into each other. And it's like, it's like, I guess like sensory overload sometimes. So you keep seeing the same videos over and over again. And it's like, okay, I don't need to watch like the video of like the old man getting knocked over like 10 times. Um, so yeah. Um, not great, but considering all, you know, I'm okay, I guess. For me, it's definitely been an interesting time with all that's going on. For those of you who don't know, we're based in Arizona. All three of us are currently living in Arizona. So first, let's talk about the whole thing of, okay, the pandemic, right? It's happening, obviously. Arizona's just coming out of full-on quarantine, starting to reopen things. Think again. We get a curfew imposed on us. It's going till eight o'clock at night, which is obviously affecting us. But for those of you who don't know it, in Arizona, everything closes at like eight o'clock anyway. So it didn't do so much, but obviously it was a very important step our governor thought in protecting the people, which I'm sure we'll get into later, whether we think that was a good idea or not. So I'm not going to talk on that right now. Um, and for me personally, like Alejandro was saying, days are starting to blend a little bit, but I'm fortunate enough to still have a thing to do every day. I am interning with Phoenix Rising. I am going to those events and their practices and things. So that's been a nice way of not having to deal with everything that's going on. And then as a Cronkite student, for those of you who aren't Cronkite students, we have a lot of crazy things going on within our own school. So that's kind of strange to see. So all of those factors considered, I'm doing pretty well. Gideon, what about you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm going to be upfront. Um, I think I have, as far as this show has been, I've been, I've tried to be, do my best to be transparent, even with who I am as a person and how I'm doing. And this sort of reminds me of the current, when we, when the coronavirus became real to us after spring break, when I was like, yeah, I'm not doing too hot. Yep, I'm not doing too hot, and it is far worse now. Um, so, seeing everything that's happening, 
trust me, we're going to spend a very significant portion of time talking about everything. This is why we're doing this episode today. Um, not going to lie, it has not been the greatest for me. That there was a point where I decided to leave Twitter because it, I, I, I was telling some friends that Twitter is basically like a fire hose of news. Like you open the thing up and it just blasts you 200 feet backward. It, because it's all coming to you at once. It's coming live. It's incomplete. It's the news as it happens. And yeah, so I had to just get off Twitter for a bit at the point. Like there was a point where I was off Twitter for like 24 hours, which if any of you know me, I love using Twitter actually. I don't hate it. I both hate Twitter and love it too. So it, let's not talk about my relationship with social media. That is a much, that's probably an episode worth the material. But <laughs> the point is, is yes, uh, it's been rough on me watching everything happen. And I'll talk about it a little in, in the story itself. So yeah, but I am hanging in there. Things are getting better. I have my support system. Um, and including, I've actually been, Alejandro and I have been talking a lot the past few days, which had about a lot of different, including everything we're talking about in this episode. So yeah, I'm doing okay. Things are getting better, but this time last week, I was definitely at risk of like spiraling out of control. So anyway. Let's get into the story. So this is, a, as I said, a special episode of The Review, and I'm here talking with Alejandro and Haley about this moment in the United States and some news happening inside the Cronkite School. Before we get deep into a discussion of the news itself, I want to tell you where I'm coming from. I'm a Black journalist. My parents are from Kenya. Um, that's who I am. That's my background. And seeing a lot of what we're talking about today has made me angry at the long running injustice of police brutality. It has made me feel fearful, like it does every time that someone I love or even I could wind up in a situation where this happens. I want to make it clear that the existence and rights of black folk to not face extrajudicial execution is, are not a debate. Black lives matter. One of my mentors put it really well when he told me, respect existence or expect resistance. Racism is a moral evil, one that our nation must fight every day, one of our foundational sins as a nation. And people are fighting it. They're out on the streets all over the nation and the world, protesting for the end of unjust police killings. They're educating themselves to be better advocates or allies. They're having difficult conversations with folk who they're close to, to bring even more people on board. A topic that will inevitably come up if you talk about this for long enough is, what about looters? I want to make it clear that I in no way condone property damage and theft but I would do you, the listener, a disservice by equating the killing of George Floyd to the unrest that follows. Unrest that is caused by unjust killings, multiple unjust killings, 
and the fact that officers hardly ever get convicted for them. And many police departments have decided that the way to respond to anti-police brutality protests is by doubling down on police brutality. If you have been on social media the past few days, you may have seen videos like the ones from New York City, where the NYPD has been beating up folk heading home just because it's past curfew. Or one from Buffalo, New York last night. Um, and by the way, I should note we're recording this on Friday, June 5th. So yesterday night on June 4th, um, one video from Buffalo, New York showed a 75-year-old man getting shoved to the ground by police officers, and they just walk past him bleeding. By the way, the entire emergency response unit that was there and did this in Buffalo resigned, not from the police department, I should note, and they didn't resign for any good reason. They resigned in support of their colleagues who pushed a man to the ground to bleed. So I mentioned George Floyd earlier. If you've been under a rock the past two weeks, or lucky enough to be, be on that SpaceX rocket, um, Floyd was accused by a local deli in Minneapolis of using a counterfeit $20 bill to buy cigarettes. The deli called the police while Floyd was in handcuffs on the ground, and an officer, Jared Cho Chauvin, knelt on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds as Floyd said he couldn't breathe, which killed Floyd. Chauvin was not alone. Three other officers, Thomas Lane, J. Alexander Quang, and Tu Fao were watching this happen and did nothing. We only know this because of bystanders recording video of this happening and it being posted to social media. The Minneapolis police statement was described like this in the New York Times. Quote, the Minneapolis police statement was short and sanitized. An allegation of forgery, a suspect who, quote, appeared to be under the influence, end quote, who, quote, physically resisted officers, end quote, and who appeared to be, quote, suffering medical injuries, end quote. So let me turn it over to the panel for thoughts and other stories in this area, as what I just said is nowhere near comprehensive. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how to put words to it. Um, obviously, what happened was horrible, and it's been uh, The police killing of black men and black women have been happening for years and uh, this is, keeps building and building and building and building up and it's not acceptable and just it's definitely been interesting. Um, like Haley said, we all live in Arizona, um, you know, largely conservative, trending purple, some would say, but you know, I like live in small town and it's really been honestly pretty disgusting to see people in my community how they've reacted to this um you know by grouping in the protesters with the looters like having debates about certain things or just like not even wanting to talk about it at all um you know it's like this situation is not comfortable and it's not supposed to be comfortable so it's like no matter 
what the scope is in our town, how small it may be. And if you don't think we have a big black population, it doesn't matter, like we, we do. And they deserve to be included in the conversation and felt and make sure that they feel safe and uh, they just, they, yeah, they feel safe and they feel okay here. And it's just, it's really crazy to me how some people here just, just don't care about the situation or are just focused about bringing attention to the looters. Oh, they're ruining our state. And it's like, expand, like, so many people here just, it's like, they don't, they can't think outside of what's the massive group think in the local Facebook group or what their uncle thinks. Like everybody's just so tied to what they already think and unwilling to think about everything else, anything else. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous for people here to cultivate that mindset. Because uh, what does it say to our Black community in our town that these people keep holding these beliefs and don't bat an eye at all? So that's, that's really been frustrating. And on a bigger level, um, people are just really showing their true colors right now, like online. Um, there's just been so many debates of back and forth and it's not a debate and it shouldn't be a debate. Um, I mean, that's, that's my t- on, off the head thoughts. I'm gonna go with three simple things to start off what I was gonna say. Number one, we are all humans. We all breathe the same air. We bleed the same blood. How can I be scared of another person when they are made of the exactly same thing I am made of? We are all the same at the end of the day. And if we wanna get through something like this, whether it's racism, the pandemic, literally anything, we are going to need to work together as human beings. A problem with America, and it's been a problem forever, literally since America was a thing. I'm not sure if we talked about this on air or not. I'm pretty sure we have. America has this tendency to be scared of what it is not. America needs to stop doing that. I'm taking a war history class right now for school, another thing that's been keeping me busy. And let's say this is the first time America has done a lot of things since the 1800s when the Civil War was starting. We can't be resorting back to what we were doing during Civil War times. It's not acceptable. Continuing that, we can't be resorting back to what we were doing in 1968 during the Civil Rights Movement. It's not okay. We should be more forward as a society. This is the first time all 50 states, plus at least 13 countries, have joined us in protesting something like this. And for action still not to be taken by many of our political figures is not right. Secondly, let's talk about the police for a second. Police go through 20 months, 20 weeks of training. That's about four to five months, depending on how you want to look at it. Please tell me what other professional careers only require 20 months of training to be put into place and make decisions that are going to change people's lives. Let's talk about doctors, teachers. These people are going through school for almost six to eight years. Police are four to five months. That's not right that they have all these power that other people don't. So those are my quick takes from this. And my personal takes from an Arizona resident is that Scottsdale has been dealing with it strangely. Everyone's obsessed with looting rather than focusing on the real issues of what's going on. And again, I don't think that's right. I think if you're going to do something about it, you need to protest and you need to do it smartly and carefully. 
You can take the MLK approach. You can take the Malcolm X approach. If you're going to take an approach that Malcolm X took, please be careful. Please do it safely. Please understand the risks that you are willing to take. But if you're not doing it smartly and you're not protesting for a purpose, then you need to stop because you're not helping anyone. That's my quick take. I am in full agreement with what everyone's saying here. Um, I just want to put one of a part of what Haley said in context, if you're not in Arizona, you might not know it. Um, so Haley is in Scottsdale. Um, and the one, probably one of the big reasons, apart from Scottsdale being a very conservative part of town, um, why, why people are talking about looters, is the Scottsdale Fashion Square Mall, um, which is a very upscale, ritzy place. Um, in Scottsdale got looted um, earlier this week. It had nothing to do with the unrest. It was just opportunistic idiots. And yes, I'm going to call them idiots. They're objectively idiots. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, decided we're going to loot Scottsdale Fashion Square because they were taking advantage of the fact that, the, that basically a ton of police were downtown dealing with the protests happening concurrently, which were actually, you know, protests, not opportunistic idiots trying to score some Nike shoes or loot crate and barrel. I can't, I'm sure you all saw the pictures. It's not going to do anything. These people in Scottsdale, Arizona need to understand that taking things from companies Yes, okay, there are companies that are like inherently racist and like there's lots of companies with problems, but looting a cracker barrel is not going to solve the situation. No, no, it wasn't a cracker barrel, Creighton barrel. Creighton my bad. They were also looting like PF Changs and like stealing wine bottles. Like this isn't helping the situation. Yes, we might be laughing about it or being like, what are these people doing? But that's not what we need to be focusing on in this situation. So no. as a resident, it is very, very, very frustrating. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. And I should say, I live on the exact opposite side of town from Haley. I live in Surprise. Um, and out here, the response has been pretty similar to, like, all across the board. It's just looters, looters, looters. Like, and I've had a lot, lot of difficult conversations. Um, over the past week, um, a lot of the times they weren't even conversations. They were, um, I saw a post from somebody I went to high school with. I am shocked I did not unfollow for, for reasons I can't say on air because there's things called libel laws. Um, but I'm shocked I still followed the kid because, yeah, I had reasons to not like him. And he was basically... He was, he works downtown apparently, or at least close enough. And he was trying to get on the freeway that night when the Phoenix PD basically unloaded everything they got. I think it was Sunday night where they tried to go on the freeway and it became a big, big, big mess where the Phoenix PD just escalated. It was, that was 100% an escalation. Actually, no, they weren't even trying to go on the freeway. It just happened on the bridge on one of the bridges on, on top of the town. But this dude posts a post that's um, something along the lines of, um, 
something along the lines of, oh yeah, that car should run over the protesters, which by the way, that car he was talking about ran over the protesters. I'm sure you all saw that incident. So yeah, he was basically egging on that car on his Snapchat. And I'm like, instantaneous unfollow, thank you very much. Um, I'm shocked I was still following you, but, um, and also I've even gotten into, shockingly, a, a full-on DM fight with a, another, I will say, another journalism student I will not name, because, yeah, it might, it's, not, it's nothing personal. If the, if the person's listening to this for some reason, um, you're still wrong, and I apologize for nothing. Um, anyway... <laughs> And yeah, she was basically saying like, "I oh, yeah, two wrongs don't make a right. And I was like, listen, you're, you're equating, like, you were doing that thing, which I said in, in the opening monologue, like, yeah, equating the violent, the killing to the unrest is nonsense, is objectively nonsensical. I am not, once again, I, I, I don't know why I have to constantly say, looting is bad. I don't like it. I don't like it. No one likes it. No one except for the people doing it like it. And even some of the people like it don't do it. Don't even some of the people that do it don't like it. And that's a more complicated moral issue. Then that's not the converse. That's not the point of this. The fact is, is that the vast majority of protests are peaceful. The vast majority of the time they get out of hand. It's because the police are the one escalating it. And yeah, it's it's. It's been frustrating even over here. Um, and there have been, I have not confirmed these reports. So if I am wrong, I, I'd like to say 100% unconfirmed stuff. Um, not, I would need to double check. But there were reports going around of folks like arming up out here and uh, ready to um, while patrolling. As citizens, so yeah, like basically vigilante type stuff, even happening, potentially happening out here. Now, once again, I really want to emphasize: I saw this on social media, and I do not know if I, if I trust the source it came from. I am just saying this is a thing that has been alleged to happen out where I am, and folk have very openly. I've had a lot of conversations with my friends who are very supportive of this, and they've been telling me, "Oh yeah, there." So-and-so we went to high school with um, is posting all kinds of stuff against this moment. And it's, let's just say, difficult conversations all around on this side of town still. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to ask y'all, um, did you all see that a particular um, incident where the police union in New York posted docs Mayor, de Bla Mayor Bill de Blasio's daughter. What are y'all saying? I have a lot to say on that too. Um, to be honest, I didn't totally like read the whole thing because uh, I saw that it was about Bill de Blasio and I was like, you can't see, for the listeners, you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm <laughs> showing active uh, display of not liking Bill de Blasio. So, I just kind of skipped over it and then I saw like the screenshot of like her name and stuff and I was like what I was like are they serious I was like this you this they like you're the police department just docks to your daughter and you still like don't care it's like dang I don't know what you can say to him like to make him care anymore about the protesters but you know 
Go to Basia will be well to Basia. Number one, being a New Yorker, the things I have to say to New York right now, not things I can say on air without getting in big trouble. So I'm going to skip those things I want to say to New York and instead partially say them to Bill de Blasio. As Alejandro was saying, Bill de Blasio is a weird guy who does not make the best decisions all the time. Sure, he was great about cleaning up snow in the Bronx. Sure, he was great about cleaning up snow in Brooklyn. Those things should not matter. But unfortunately, to most New Yorkers, they really, really, really do. Now, about him caring about his daughter, that really doesn't surprise me all too much. It's a thing to say, and he probably should be caring more about what's going on, but unfortunately, that's just not what de Blasio cares about. That should be a wake-up call for you to figure out who you want to be the next one. Let's talk about New York neighborhoods. Bloomberg and de Blasio, a great track record. So Wait, uh, Haley, just sorry to interrupt. She kind of got cut out for a second. You're good. Do you know where I got cut out? You were, I have no idea. I, you were I think she was talking about mayors of Bloomberg oh, and yes. de Blasio. Yeah. And de Blasio, not the best track record, if I'm being fully honest. So New York, maybe that's a bit of a wake-up call to pay attention more so to what you're doing, please. And for anyone protesting in New York, please be careful. Please understand what you should and shouldn't bring to a protest. And please understand your constitutional rights. Because anyone from New York or anyone around the world at this point should know how crazy the NYPD can be. And that's basically my take on what's happening there right now. Yeah. No, it's it, it's a very, like, do not get me wrong. Police departments across the country are screwing this up really badly. And Phoenix PD, until like three days ago, decided to, to um, emulate the NYPDs, will beat you until you're happy about it. Oh yeah, no, the beatings will continue until the morale improves strategy. Um, and yeah, Phoenix PD stopped that three days ago and all the protests have been peaceful since then. Um, who knew that when you're not throwing tear gas at people, all of a sudden they're not interested in causing riots. Who knew? Couldn't have, tell, couldn't have told you. Really couldn't have told you. But anyways, back to news. Police logic is really different. Huh? Mm -hmm. Their logic yeah. is just on another planet. But yeah. No, but back to New York for a second. Like, what? So the NYPD has, has in the past few days, basically done the beat, the beatings will continue until the morale improves strategy. De Blasio has ran interference for them at every turn, even after they, once again, I really want to emphasize the police union doxed his daughter. Like, this is not a joke thing. This happened. And he, I remember actually earlier today, I was on Twitter and I, and someone, and a journalist I follow was covering de Blasio being, he apparently does this thing every week where he's on WNYC radio, like a talk show portion where people can just talk to de Blasio if they call in. And, and yeah, the journalist was asking him questions about NYPD and he's like, I haven't been seeing this stuff. What are you talking about? And, and he's been like this for days and it's, I really have to emphasize the whole de Blasio's daughter getting doxxed is not the first 
shot and the police union happens to hate Mayor de Blasio. Um, I think Haley can talk about at a much better level than I, than I can, but reading into it, de Blasio has had a horrible relationship with the police since he got nominated to be mayor a while ago. And really funny thing, apparently, learning this now too, de Blasio was nominated, one of the big reasons de Blasio got nominated as mayor, apart from happening, one of his main challengers happening to be Anthony Weiner, um, who I'm not talking about today because that's, that's, that's an entirely different uh, episode of the show. Um, apart from him happening to end up with the primary field of a lifetime to win against. Um, he also ran on a platform of police reform because the NYPD under Bloomberg was infamous for basically being what I will call an occupying force. They had no buy-in by minority communities. They were openly harassing them, stop and frisk. That was a Bloomberg era policy. Like, yeah, the NYPD had basically lost the trust of minorities straight up. I mean, that happened a long, long time before Bloomberg. But Bloomberg really dug the grave even further, and I didn't even know that. Like looking at the history of New York, I didn't even know that was possible to, to for the NYPD's esteem among minorities to to decline further. But Bloomberg really proved it, um, and that was one of the big reasons why he ended up becoming the Democratic nominee for mayor and thus winning. Because uh, after about twenty years of white picking mayors, I think. New York was done with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, him and his relationship with the police is, I think I was describing it to somebody as like an abusive relationship. They keep on abusing him and de Blasio come, seems to be coming back. And I want to say on air, Bill de Blasio, if you're listening to this college students podcast, like get yourself out of this, dude. Like take care of yourself. Take care of your city, dude. Stop, stop, stop kissing up to a bunch of people who hate you, no matter what you do, no matter how nice you are to them, and also are inflicting massive acts of brutality on the people you're supposed to be serving. So, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah, you said it best. And... Anyways, I'm going to take it back here to Arizona for a second because we haven't really talked much. I, we've talked a lot about New York just because that happens to be a mess of a thing. Oh, actually, before I do leave that topic, there's one thing I almost forgot to mention. That judge who suspended habeas corpus. New York State suspended habeas corpus. <laughs> I'm laughing because the only response, other response to this is for me to break down in tears. I'm not laughing because this is funny. This is not funny. This is horrible. I am laughing because I am, this is how I respond to bad things instead of crying half the time. It's a problem. I know. But, uh, yeah, congratulations, the state of New York. Um, ever closer, they draw to um, authoritarian governments. Oh, I'm going to quickly say something about the NYPD while we're on this topic. They also have had multiple cases of sexual harassment and abuse in the past couple of weeks, literally, since this has been a thing. So yeah, not only are minorities now aware of all the horrible things they've been doing, 
but now they are having lots of women and children actively hating them for all that's going on. So the NYPD needs to do a little better. But we'll not get into sexual harassment right now because that's not the topic of conversation. But I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. I didn't even know that. Like, yeah, once again, casual observer to New York. Um, I only did my research on this because... Uh, I was wondering why on earth would Mayor de Blasio be, you know, kissing up to a, a police force that actively hates him, so. Yeah, their relationship is a mess, but you described it well enough. So, anyways, taking it back to where I actually live, because I've actually never been to the state of New York, I am, I am talking, I've talked about this as an outsider, very confused about the whole situation. Let's talk about something I know a little better. Arizona, place I grew up and live. Um, so the first night of protest down here was, the first big protest was probably Saturday. Was it Friday, Friday or Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes, um, getting my timeline right. Um, and that wound up escalating crazy fast. Um, that one was the first... The first action, okay, I'd like to make an argument that police showing up in riot gear generally is an escalation in and of itself. There's a debate on that. I think it's a stupid debate. Police showing up in riot gear is an escalation. They're making it like, if you're dressed up for a riot, you, you want a riot. Like, uh, yeah, that's what I got to say on that. But okay, even if you're to discount that, so police show up in riot gear, someone throws a water bottle or something like that. Um, and it ends up as normal, just devolving into a chaotic situation. And that happens for a couple more nights before the Phoenix PD realizes, maybe if we stop the beatings, morale will actually improve. Um, and it did. There is no, once again, we're on night number three. No, no arrest, not a single arrest in three nights. Once the Phoenix PD was like, maybe we shouldn't, I don't know, just tear gas everyone the minute we see them. And also Saturday night was also the night of the Scottsdale, it was Saturday night when the Fashion Square looting happened. Yeah, so Saturday night was also the Scottsdale Fashion Square um, looting incident, which we talked about previously. And that happening on the same night as the whole downtown protest. Most of the cops were downtown because of that, as I mentioned. And the reason why the, loot, the looting got so out of hand in Scottsdale was one, people were taking advantage of the fact that there weren't that many policemen and the police back, the Scottsdale police backed away from the situation. Um, and yeah. And that led to a statewide curfew, an 8 a.m. to 5 a.m. curfew that is in effect until Sunday. Um, I do not know. Ducey has given, Ducey has given no indication where he's going with it. Um, I mean, I truly hope he lifts it because once again, there has been no, 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 like no violence now. The violence has ended here in the state of Arizona. Uh, however, there are some folks who seem to be gunning up for a gunfight. Um, I'm sure you all have been seeing 
um, a lot of the misinformation going around. And I just want to hear your thoughts on the misinformation. Um, I guess the most that I've seen, I, I, I mean, people like in my town's Facebook groups and like whatnot, just like, they just don't fact check. I almost cursed. They just don't fact check any of their their stuff or they just like, I don't know, like I said, like it, it, it's group think, like no one thinks for their own in like my town. Um, but the most like, if the most misinformation I've seen is people posting being like, hey, like this protest is fake. Like it was organized by this person. Like don't go, like it's dangerous which is really gross. Like if you go out of your way to like organize like a fake protest where you're just gonna like har like harm the people who, well-meaning people who do come like, I mean, you're pretty like bottom of the barrel people if you organize a fake protest to hurt people. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's the most misinformation I'm seeing. And then I think um, in terms of like with the journalism, I think there's kind of like a, divide right now of, of people being like well like make sure you don't just get your news from like cnn and like fox and msnbc and like all the major networks which is you know like like while they do provide some good coverage it's not all of what's happening like if you really want to see what's happening in my opinion um twitter i mean is the place to be that's where like all the people are posting you know the real stuff this you know um all I guess like the stuff they wouldn't show on the news like the more brutal stuff um so I guess that's most of the misinformation I've been seeing fortunately I haven't seen much misinformation but that's also probably because I follow nothing Scottsdale related unless someone's from Scottsdale like sure I follow some of our classmates from Scottsdale but otherwise I follow like nothing Scottsdale related just because I can't with people in Scottsdale and then my Twitter is literally, these guys know, is literally just a bunch of journalists. That's it. I don't use Twitter as a personal platform. So I'm lucky enough to not see much, much misinformation, excuse me. But I will say the Arizona Republic has been annoying me as of late, but that's something we can get into later. So I'm sticking with like the New York Times. And shout out to the state press. We shout oh, yeah. out a lot, but continue to shout out they're doing a great job covering everything that's going on. So if you want to read Arizona news, I recommend the state press. They're a good source. They continue to put out reliable information and uh, good pictures, too, that help show what's going on. So that's my take on this whole thing with misinformation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Haley, I do the same, like, well, you might be like, yeah, you haven't lived in Scottsdale for very long, but I have been out here on Surprise for quite a while. Like I went to school here. Um, even, I went to elementary school in another town, but um, I've lived out here basically the entire time in Arizona. And so it is, yeah, so I avoid a lot of the local stuff. The only like local, quote unquote, local thing I follow is the, uh, independent, which is a, it's actually a chain of paper, and I'm, sh you, you might have heard of this. Oh, Sorry. Wait. Uh, speaking of local papers, I really hate my local paper because they're really bad, and they don't, yeah, they're, they're really bad. Sorry. Uh, I, 
foiled as a local the New York Times. I can't with local papers anymore. It's okay. Yeah. Um, for the most part, um, okay, the Daily Independent hasn't really been covering that. Like, okay, the Daily Independent is a Sun City paper, um, but the Surprise Independent, which is the local weekly version, nothing, nothing much has been happening out here. There have been some small protests. Um, there was a little protest I saw the other day that was happening out on Litchfield and Bell, which is right in the middle of Surprise. Uh, any of you that know the West Valley would recognize that as basically the middle of Surprise. Um, and also there's a planned vigil this weekend at our city park, our main city park, which is by our city hall um, off of like Bell and Bullard is the cross streets for that. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's been relatively peaceful over here. And the, um, the independent chain of papers, which are all over the, they cover local events all over the valley, hasn't been spreading this information. I have friends who actually follow surprise Facebook groups. While I, while I am decently active on, on like Instagram and Twitter, I do not use Facebook unless I have to. I do have a Facebook profile, I will say that, but that's only, that's mostly because of Blaze. I blame Blaze and my scholarship program for forcing me to use Facebook. I hate it. Um, yeah. cool. Like Twitter, Twitter can be bad sometimes, do not get me wrong. There are days where I'm like, Twitter is evil. But Facebook is, is the, Facebook is evil. Like. No, if Twitter is evil, Facebook's like the seventh circle of hell. Like, <laughs> it is a, the things I've been hearing, like from close friends who actually risk their sanity by logging on to Facebook and actually using it. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of like wild misinformation spreading around. A lot of like Alejandro saying the same thing, like, like they're all looters. They're all going to start looting our area and blah blah blah. And, like, Basically, surprise is peaceful as a pin drop. Like you could probably drop a pin right in, right on right in the middle of surprise. And surprise is like geographically a large town, by the way. I should really know. You could probably drop a pin and hear it across surprise. Like it's that. Of course, not literally. I don't mean that literally, but it's really peaceful out here. Like nothing's happening, nothing crazy. Yeah, small scale protests. So yeah, it really does upset me that um, the locals strike again and on the misinformation block. It's like, yeah, it's not, ha it's not a great thing. And this is why I, there is a lot of reasons why I might talk about where I am on the show, but I do not talk much about it elsewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, Surprise is a very fun place to have grown up, and there's a lot of stories I'm not interested in sharing yet, at least on air. <laughs> the only misinformation thing I have seen is TikTok has been a very weird platform as of late. The trends going around, some of them, I'm like, no, this is not okay. And TikTok has been very mixed on, like, some great things, something showing, like, police officers being good people. And, like, is it staged? Maybe. Is it not? Maybe. Who knows? We can debate that another day. But TikTok has been spreading some weird misinformation. So please, people, stop trusting 14-year-olds as if they know everything. Please take people who are adults and have evidence. 
for serious things. Don't listen to 14 year olds. Like sure, 14 year olds can help provide change, but don't take everything they say as gospel. Yeah, Speaking of- generally, generally just practice good media literacy. Be critical of what's being put in front of you from anywhere. Even if I am the person delivering you the news, be critical of it. Like, I, that's that's what I can say as a journalist. Like, please, just always be critical of the information that you're viewing. Um, be a good, have a good media diet. Make sure you're not you're not consuming um, junk media. Um, so, like, highly partisan, fact light media. Like, yeah, avoid that. Um, yeah, I'm sure one day we'll have a media literacy episode of this show because, uh, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this particular topic. Oh, if you want someone who's good on media literacy, one of our deans who's going out, Dean Lodato, had lots of very strong opinions on media literacy. So if you want someone to talk to about what media literacy is, not a bad person. He's a fr- pretty friendly guy, but we'll get back to that later. A whole nother yeah. Better. I wanted to just talk about, you said TikTok real quick. And actually, my TikTok has been surprisingly, like, with it. Um, like, I've seen, like, more, like, Black creators, like, on my For You page than I have, like, in the past, like, year that I've been yeah, on the app. Which is better than, like, most apps, but it's still all over this because it's TikTok. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't use TikTok. That's one of the only social media platforms I have zero presence on. Um, yeah, I, I, I have this way of sounding like an old person when it comes to social media. Fun fact, though, I wasn't, I didn't really have much social media before high school, so I didn't even have an Instagram until I was a sophomore in high school, so. <laughs> um, anyways, um, Haley, you mentioned some criticisms of the Republic, and I'm very curious. Oh, yeah, no, the Republic just annoys me, like, in general, especially their columns which we've talked about before, they tend to get very, very, very opinionated. So I need to just like stop reading their columns. But other than that, the Republic's fine. The other thing that's annoying me about the Republic is they talk about it occasionally, but I'm like, please pay attention to what's going on instead of reporting random stories. I just don't like what the Republic is choosing as newsworthy. That's probably what's annoying me the most. Okay, I was just, I was just curious about that. Yeah, you're good. I, I've been following a, a lot of the stuff I've been mentioning when it comes to the local stuff I've gotten from the Republic. They're probably one of the better local outlets. In- yeah, no, I agree. They're definitely a better local outlet. It's just some of their random coverage. I'm just like, why is this what they're picking? I just don't understand where they're coming from all the time, but it's fine. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair criticism. Yeah, and that's more what I feel about like local TV news. I'm not going to name stations here, um, but I'm going to say there's a lot of local news in Phoenix that uh, concerns me. Like, there's a lot of great reporters there. Um, deep respect for a lot of like one of my professors works at like works at a local TV station from last semester. Like, yeah, that's like my, my general feelings towards the Republic. Like, respect. They're doing a good job. They are probably one of the stronger papers in Arizona. I'm just a weird news consumer. That's fair. Yeah, no, yeah, that, it's echo, it sort of echoes my criticism of like a lot of local TV um, outlets concern me sometimes with the way they cover some things. 
also a general problem. And this is a much larger journalism problem than just Phoenix TV stations. But the way the way journalists take uh, Lee Ward at gospel a lot of the times, which is very, very bad. They are political actors too. They have invested interests. Um, and also the emphasis on crime stories when, by the way, any, like, I'm not a huge stats nerd. Um, I actually came very close to failing statistics at a point, um, which I literally just took this semester. Um, but not a huge stats nerd, but I can tell you as a fun fact, crime has been falling in this country for decades. For the most part, generally, there was a very weird spike around 2015 um, that we're still figuring out. There's a lot of theories on it that I think are nonsense. The Ferguson effect, for instance, if any of you have heard of that, like that police got so scared after the whole, after everything that happened in Ferguson, Missouri, that they stopped enforcing the law. That is nonsense. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I'm gonna come out here and just say that is a nonsensical theory pushed by people that wants to bring back the tough on crime era that we really haven't gotten out of in many ways. So yeah, they, they just want to bring back the 90s. Um, but yeah, that's, it, it's been a very insane two weeks. I'll say, um, oh my gosh, I, I honestly, I forgot what I was going to talk about. Anyway, yeah, sorry. No, it's good. I don't blame you. There's just too much. Everything's happening. Everything's colliding into each other at this point. Um, yeah. There is a lot going on, and we're not even anywhere near done with it. Um, with, with even just this story. This is a still developing story. The, like People are still protesting. It seems to be getting more peaceful. Like the trend is moving in favor of peace, but people are not giving up. And I want to say, I want to say, as a person of the First Amendment too, um, that I fully, 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 fully support it. I am fully one hundred percent saying, go out, exercise your First Amendment rights. Don't give up and, until you get until you get what you've demanded. Because, as the old saying goes, power concedes nothing without a demand, and you will not get nothing until you demand for it in this country. That's how it's worked. Every single time people want to change, they had to go out and demand it. So I'm, I'm telling anyone listening to this, if you have it in you, and I'm not saying you have to, I have not been able to yet for various reasons, but if you have it in you, do it. I encourage you. I am, I'm, I'm there for you. Um, be safe. Um, make sure that if you interact with the police, you record it is that's the only way you will ever see justice in this life. Um, unfortunately, in this country, the only way you could ever even remotely get near justice when, it, when you have a bad interaction with the police is if you record it, because the police are taken at their word. And there's this magical doctrine, which I guess we'll talk about it in time. This is a much more complicated thing than the scope of this episode. Qualified immunity. Basically, cops are given the longest part of it is the cops are always given the benefit of the doubt in court. You you court you you get a, a case with a op police officer, um, they're probably going to go free. They got the benefit of the doubt. They got qualified immunity. Unless the situation is almost exactly like a previous case that has been convicted, you are basically done for. 
and that does frighten me about the odds of Office of Chauvin even facing anywhere near the consequences that I believe he deserves. So, anyways, but before we do get, we do have to end this portion of the episode really soon. We only got a couple minutes um, left on the clock. I do want to talk briefly about, there's a lot of proposals going around. Can I briefly say something to what you were going to say? I was waiting for you to finish. Oh, no, no, you're good. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, please, Alpha Flip Game was saying, know your rights, understand your First Amendment rights, understand your Fifth Amendment rights, understand the Sixth Amendment, understand the Eighth Amendment, because they are all things that will help you. Please understand the constitutional rights you are granted as an American citizen. If you're not an American citizen, be even more careful, please. please oh, yeah. Extremely careful. And, like, maybe, okay, I want you to protest like I do, but maybe don't. Maybe right now it's just not the best decision. You are going protesting, please be smart. And if you're donating money, please also be smart. Don't donate to companies that aren't doing anything. There's a lot of people getting scammed right now. Be smart about what you're doing no matter what you're doing right now. This just something I felt was important to emphasize. Oh yeah, what agreed. Um, yeah, like for instance, people were donating to a DC bail fund. DC does not have cash bail, folks. Um, <laughs> Like, yeah, just do do your due diligence all around. And Haley did mention it, especially if you're not an American citizen. Um, let's just say immigrations, uh, ICE is around town and they're not playing. Um, please be careful. Um, there have been a lot of people who have gotten arrested and been handed over to ICE and are facing their way out of this country. So, yeah. A lot of them have been released, which I'm going to say, thank goodness. Um, but yes, especially, especially if you're here, um, if you're undocumented, please, 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 please be careful. But with the few minutes we have left, I just want to ask, there's a lot of reform proposals going around. Everything from um, DeRay McKesson and Campaign Zero's Eight Can Wait, um, which Alejandro seems to be very vocal about, I'll give him a minute. But um, to police abolition, which if I said that, those two words three weeks ago, I would be called a lunatic. But it is a real proposal. And police abolition, which once again, way beyond the scope of anything we do on this show. If we ever, we might actually have an episode where we explain a lot of stuff eventually, but um, Police abolition is essentially this idea promoted in a lot of like leftist circles um, of essentially that yes, we do need public safety. Everyone agrees, like there's no debate on that. It's just that what we, the police as currently constituted are an occupying force. They are not doing anything good for anybody. And we need to invest in community. We need to defund the police. So police abolition is not saying tomorrow we're gonna wake up, Phoenix PD gone. For instance, that, that, that's not, I want to really put that out there. It's like, folks, if you're going to disagree with an ideology, know, know what you're arguing. Um, so yeah, th that's not the proposal. The proposal is to take responsibilities away from the police, to give them less funding, demilitarize them, because I'm sure you've seen armored patrol um, carriers <laughs> rolling the streets 
um, kind of reminds me of a lot of countries that aren't us. Um, not going to go into that. Um, but yeah, so, de so to divert funds to other things, demilitarize the police, to create like an entirely new understanding of public safety. In fact, in many ways, I'm considered to be reimagining the police, but they're not the police now. It's not, it's more because policing is in this country, and I'm going to be quite honest, has literally by this point is basically an occupying force level situation for a lot of communities. Hi, it's Gideon here, cutting away from the episode, which is something we have never done up until this point. I do want to make it clear that police abolition does mean abolish the police. So for that, I am very sorry for misrepresenting the argument that badly. I do promise to do better in the future and to check my words carefully and to do my research a little more carefully to avoid such mistakes. If you do ever notice such a mistake, please contact me or anyone on the panel that week and we will gladly issue a correction, but I do want to make it clear I am very sorry. That was bad. I will do better. Thank you. Back to the episode. Would you, I would love someone to come and fight me on, 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 on is Phoenix PD an occupying force in a lot of neighborhoods? I, come fight me on it. Um, I'm going to come out and say that. But anyways, what are your thoughts on what's everything going around? I know Alejandro, you were very animated when I mentioned Ray McKesson. <laughs> okay, so um, with the discussion of police reform and everything, uh, I think I had always kind of been on like the side of like, I wasn't really sure if like, I just wasn't really sure of like a lot of the things that are being like going around with like abolishing police and that kind of stuff. You know, like I didn't, like the police but I wasn't really sure like I don't know uh I wasn't really sure about the proposals that were being thrown around um but to be honest I also didn't really do the research to educate myself enough but definitely within like the past week I let's just say I've been I've been radicalized um uh and I fully support defunding the police and making sure that it's all gone um because as I've seen posts and you know people talking about it I definitely become more educated towards it um, because back with DeRay's plan. Um, so DeRay's plan is called A Can't Wait and it's uh, highlights eights. I'm reading this because like, I'm reading off this off um, his Twitter. He retweeted Julian Castro who endorsed it or whatever. Uh, Campaign Zero has launched A Can't Wait to highlight eight specific reforms local communities can adopt to reduce police violence by up to 72%. So, like, when you, like, I guess, I guess when you read it at first, it's like, oh, like, good, like, you want to, like, make sure the police aren't, like, using their force unnecessarily, but then you get to the number of reduced by up to 72%. Why are we only wanting to reduce things up to 72%? Why not 100? And a lot of these de-escalation tactics, or whatever you want to call them, uh, they've already been implemented in many of these cities, and cops just haven't bothered to, you know, they just don't care. A lot of police don't care. So I just don't see how this campaign is effective in any way to get police balance down when many of these cities already have these policies in place and they just don't care. 
And reducing police by the amount by only 72% is not acceptable at this point. Like if it sounds good, like 72% is a big number, but it's just, it's, it's what well, 72 is not good enough. It needs to be a hundred percent. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to speak bad on DeRay because I think there was a time in my life where I really looked up to him and I thought he was really cool. But as the years have gone by and people have called him out, I've definitely become more adverse. Let's just say, I think there are more, there are better community organizers than him. Um, Cause you know, he kind of works at like a big national level. And I think I've seen a lot more grassroots, um, less corporatized organizations, movements, people um, do more comprehensive, um, you know, have more comprehensive conversations and policies and movements around getting rid of the police than um, what he proposed. So I guess what I would say is listen to your local community organizers because they're the ones really on the ground, like really making this stuff happen. Like I get like DeRay and like all these other like uh, bigger activists who have like millions of followers and big platforms. Like it might seem great, it might seem cool, but like I really think people should listen to like the people that are truly on the ground because these people really aren't on the ground in my opinion. Yeah, thoughts, Haley? Um, obviously, I think we need a police overhaul, I'm going to call it. I think we need to change the way our police uh, system, I guess, and all the powers they have. It all needs to change. But I think it starts somewhere else. I think the education system we have in America really needs to change. I think a lot of things have to go into place before we change the police system. I do think we can start implementing changes within the police system. But I think things need to work together to better improve America as a country, I suppose. And then we can start changing things that are deemed less important. Because if you start making all these crazy changes that people don't support, it's going to lead to another outburst. And that's the last thing we need right now. We do not need another outburst. But yeah, police power needs to be limited to shortly say what I think. Yeah, um, I'm in full agreement. We use the police for too much. We criminalize way too much in this society. Um, it's the, I was describing it to a friend as the um, hammer and nail strategy. The police, the hammer we always have and everything's a nail. So we just, we throw out mental health, homelessness, um, being poor, drug use. Like we just throw it, this hammer called the police on all of them. It's like, this is not a healthy way to govern our society. Um, you do not have to be some wide-eyed radical um, to agree with me on that, that maybe, maybe we should reevaluate what we're criminalizing. And maybe, maybe, maybe we should use the police less. Um, we should probably invent, we shouldn't have a ton of people going to the government saying, my only interaction with y'all is when I'm getting arrested. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm, it's, no, it's either when I'm going to school a school that doesn't have funding and I'm getting arrested. Those are my interactions with government. It's like, and getting taxed. That's, that's a big problem. That, that's like, like, I think the consequences of not like seriously reimagining policing in this country. Um, I'm, I'm not saying, I have to really preface this because I know this can easily be misinterpreted. Um, if we don't do something, the risk of there being an actual uprising happening again 
and being worse is real. Things can get worse. As one, as a journalist I follow, Robert Evans, who is really cool and also does podcasts, <laughs> um, he, he covers the far right, and he did a podcast last year, a, po- a limited series podcast called It Can Happen Here, and it's about a hypothetical American Civil War. It is some disturbing listening, especially right now. I have not listened to it recently. I listened to it last year, and I'm not going back to it anytime soon. It scares me even thinking about it, um, especially given that when Trump was talking about sending the military earlier this week, that was almost a year to the day when Evans published an episode about the military coming in to quell a rebellion. Uh, I'm not saying we're getting into a civil war. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, folks, it can happen here. Like, <laughs> do not do not underestimate um, the odds of, of everything you know and love in society blowing up into little bits. It happens in other places. We are... We are as human as other people. Our institutions are very strong, which is, has kept us from a lot worse. But we do need to seriously, things like, I am giving people hope and a warning that things have to change or things are, things are not going to be so great. And I have hope that things are changing in a lot of places. Minneapolis is seriously thinking about straight up gutting their police department which is insane and it's not wholly unprecedented, but the way they're doing it is. So um, keep tabs on that. Um, I will be keeping tabs on that. I'm sure sure as we get back into the regular episodes in the fall, I will be keeping an eye on policing and race in this country for you all um, and delivering some stories on how it's like a few months later. I'm hoping for better, is what I can say. Um, anyways, yeah. With that, we are going over an hour at this point, and we still have another story. Um, before I do, like, completely... Oh, yeah, this will be the end of the first part of this story. Uh, we will separate the episodes for the first time. We, we knew this episode was getting out of hand before we started. There is a lot happening. Um, oh, anyways, um, things. So I'm sure you all are wondering, what can I do? Like some of you who might be wondering, what? Yeah, what? What can I do? Um, there are a lot of folk going out. Like, like there's a lot of readings you can read on on like a lot of different Black folks' thoughts on where to go. And like, I just want to say one of my pet peeves when it comes to folks talking about like, on like sort of how black folk are portrayed by a lot of, even yes, the media, um, I say this as a journalist, a lot of the time seems to be as like a hive mind. And it's like, that's nowhere near the truth. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like, hi, a, a group that makes up 13% of the population of this nation is going to have a very wide array of views. Just because black voters vote ninety percent Democratic most of the time does not mean there's ideal there's no ideological diversity. So I do need to note that um, because some people seem not to understand that, which is surprising to me. But not on the other hand, given you know American history, um, 
but yes, there's a lot of resources where you can educate yourself. There's a lot of different thoughts on where we should go on this particular problem of what's happening now, um, of the future we can imagine. Um, I say support your black small businesses. Um, they like small businesses have been hurting. We are still in the middle of a pandemic induced recession. Yes, two things are happening. Look, everything's cascading at once here. So please, yeah, support your black small businesses. Uh, if you have social media, I'm sure you've been seeing the list circulating around depending on where you are. Um, yeah, do support them in this difficult time. Um, and yeah, as I've said before previously in this episode, please, please, yeah, go out, make yourself heard. It, it's your right as a citizen of this nation. Don't, don't, don't let any police officer tell you otherwise or any, um, or any authority say otherwise. It is your right because once again, if you want anything to change in this country, you got to demand it or nothing's going to happen. They, they will, politicians will stop listening. I promise if you don't make them listen. So, yeah. Anyways, um, that's all I have to say for this episode. Oh, yeah, Alejandro, you have something? Uh, I just uh, want to say one last thing. Um, as, you know, everything is happening, um, and obviously Black Lives Matter, and we all, uh, I think, white people and non-Black people of color need to do a better job of listening to Black people and Black organizers and make sure that we are doing everything we can to accommodate them and making sure that we are educating ourselves. And also uh, just to cap it off, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, but also don't forget um, the lives the Black trans women of the, have been lost and Black trans men, because um, they are often left out of the conversation. So please remember them too um, when we're talking about this because um, you know we need justice for uh, Tony McDade, a uh, trans man who was shot by the police, um, uh, on countless other transgender people, uh, black transgender people, we need to make sure we include them in this conversation too. That's, that's the last thing I wanted to say though, so. Closing thoughts, yeah. Haley? Uh, be careful, be smart. If you're protesting, wear a face mask. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, know what to bring, know your rights. And uh, yeah, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. It's gonna take all of us to do this together. And please don't let history repeat itself. I know it does, I know that's the saying, but we need it to stop repeating itself. We need to move forward. It's as simple as that. And we shouldn't be raising a generation where kids are scared of police officers and where racism still exists. This just shouldn't be something we're dealing with right now, but unfortunately it is. Yeah. Yeah, and with that, um, yes, Black Lives Matter. That's not, that is not me going into any partisan corner. Or that is just me say, delivering the facts to you, the listener. Black Lives Matter. With that, that, that ends part one of this episode. We will continue it actually at the same time. Um, with part two, we're just separating it because we understand our long episodes can be tedious to listen to. So have a great one. Um, in part two, we'll be talking a lot about what's happening in the Cronkite School, where we all attend currently, because a lot's happening there and there's a, uh, that's a whole separate discussion. So please do stay well. 
keep safe. Um, remember, yes, there still is a deadly virus uh, floating around town. Black Lives Matter. In solidarity, folks. The music you hear is by www.purple.com. Purple-planet.com.